You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Plenty of goals, cracking weather, sometimes too hot for football, and the off-field buying and selling is about to cease. A lot to get through in tonight's show, and joining me to get it done is my workhorse co-host, VIG. Good evening, VIG. Good evening. How's the week been, mate? I know you've got a new team. Uh, you, you played on the weekend. It was a bit hot. Uh, you got a loss, but you got an assist, so uh, I'm not sure. Has it been a good weekend or a bad weekend for you? Oh, it's not too bad, yeah. Look, the, the weather was... Um quite hot down here in Sydney and um yeah it was it was good fun good good to be back out on the pitch so um it's a long season uh the NPL season this year so there's 30 games so uh plenty of football to uh, look forward to mate after the way United went uh Casemiro choking uh two points out of you and uh a few other things going your way thank god you've got your pool and your family it is I was tempted <laughs> to actually do the show from the pool tonight but um yeah it's uh good, good times Mate, maybe we could. We, we, we'll get a guest, maybe one of the Mariners or someone like that who's used to being down by the water and uh, we can uh, smash a show out from there. But, uh, mate, I've got a story for you. I know you love these ones from me. So I was car shopping at the weekend and I looked at a Pajero. And uh, in Central America, it means one who speaks nonsense. So, no, I didn't purchase the car, but it did make me think about our next topic and it definitely sounds like a Pajero to me. So moving into the next one, um, I could be mistaken for thinking April, not February. April Fools, as Danny Townsend states, A-League officials were not prepared for the scale of hostility regarding uh, sending the grand final to Sydney for three years, both the men's and the women's. Really? Enough said from me. We've talked about it in the past, but for me, that's definitely a Pajero. It's a Pajero. That's a bit of a <laughs> not, not nonsense, if if you ask me. But yeah, <laughs> you look yeah. up the meaning. If you look up the meaning, there's a few other definitions that aren't quite as pleasant. But uh, yeah, for me, it's definitely a Pajero. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, <laughs> I know there was they, they, they spoke about they they weren't expecting this sort of backlash from from the football community. Um, yeah, look, I, I think they knew about this for a long time. And, and like we said before, the way it was communicated um, was, was just poor from, from you know, start to finish. Um, you know, they, they could have said, you know, we're, we're doing this or we're looking to do this and, and given the, the public a heads up that they were thinking about doing this, but they've just gone and done it and, uh, and dumped it on the fans. And the fans are the ones that, that have to pay. They're the ones that have to fork out the money to travel to, to watch a grand final and, if there are no New South Wales teams in it, that's that's two sets of fans that have to fork out the money. So, you know, we, we've we've said it before on the show. We've, we've spoken about it. Um, it was just poorly handled. There was no uh, communication um, plan from from the APL um, or from from Danny Townsend and the APL, and it was just poorly executed. Poor timing uh, off the back of such a successful World Cup, and. Um, yeah, they've, they've really uh, misread the room with, with this one and, and the handling of it has been poor. And now they're just backtracking and uh, sort of digging themselves a bigger hole. So it's uh, not, not looking good for them at the moment. Yeah, for me, look, I, I have to say head on heart, I haven't read the whole article because as soon as I read the fact that uh, we need to lock it in so that as a premier sport, we lock in a premier event like that so that we can organise sponsorship noise. I understand that. 
but you could have picked each state. You could have had it every for four years in a different state. So I don't buy that. If it, Sydney was the best reason, fine, it's fine. But don't say you need to do it because you need to be organised because you could have put it in Melbourne one year, Adelaide the next, Sydney the next, and still been organised because people know where it was at. So as soon as I read that, I knew straight away that uh, this smelt of, uh, of BS. And so for me, I, I just stopped reading. And like I said, maybe you can uh, summarise it for me and give me some bullet points on what happened. So I'm, I'm up to speed on it, but you know, enough's enough. Football Australia opens expressions of interest for a national second tier men's competition earmarked to commence in March next year, um, provided they have enough uh, teams that meet the criteria or meet the uh, the financial obligations, they will have that competition. If they don't, they're looking at having some sort of Champions League style format where the winners of uh, probably a Sydney competition would play Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth and so on. So look, fingers crossed that uh, they can get a second competition up and we're one step closer to having uh, an A-League and a B-League like a Division 1 and Division 2 with promotion and relegation like the rest of the big leagues around the world. But uh, only time will tell. Uh, expressions of interest, like I said, opened uh, this week or last week. Uh, they've got until the end of March this year to get those uh, applications in to potentially start in a March 2024 competition. Yeah, look, it's it's time for the clubs and the fans that have been screaming out for this. And, and now it's time for, time for the clubs to... To step up and uh, put their money where, they, where their mouth is, and they, there's a lot of clubs out there that want this uh, national second division. Um, and and let, let's see if, if it's economically viable for them to to you know make it sustainable and and make it a reality. So uh, there's there's plenty of clubs with uh, with great heritage across the nation um, who who have been screaming for this for for a long time now, and, and now it's time for them to set up because um, I think the, the structure of it. You know, like you said, hopefully it's a it's a home and away league structure between ten to sixteen teams, um, ranging from twenty four to thirty six games. So it's it's a full season, um, and they want paid salaries for for players for fifty two weeks of the year. So uh, all professional playing contracts, um, salaries fifty two weeks of the year, and, and off field operations for for twelve months of the year. So and, and plus a venue to to play the games at as well. So it's it's a big operation. There's there's a lot of money that needs to go into it. So um, you know, the, the people have been talking about this for a long time and, and clubs have been talking and clubs have been asking for it and now it's time for them to step up and, and uh, put their expression of interest in and uh, make this a reality. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, they need to put their money where their mouth is and there's a lot of, uh, you know, fans out there who have kind of walked away from the game because of the fact they were aligned to a, a former NSL club who no longer are in our uh, top division. But I also do believe with the investment that Australian football's had in the last year, few years with their private investors and that, they should be putting some money into these teams. Not on a regular basis, maybe not, maybe, you know, they just give them a one-off start-up fee to allow the team to hit the ground running and give them the best opportunity because this is not just beneficial for each of those teams teams for the proud clubs like RPL Icard or like or like our Tigers now or like uh, Melbourne Victory but this is a chance for the league to grow so surely you have to invest some money to help them grow so whether it's a like I said a, a one-off payment at the start to get things running but you also need um I don't know, an approval board or something where you need to outline how you're going to spend the money instead of going to the Vegas or, you know, going and buying new cars and new planes and things like when uh, Palmer had, uh, you know, bling bling up in the Gold Coast and he and he said he was going to put all this money in, but I think he just spent money on himself and bought him a few nice kits and put them on his plane. So he didn't actually do anything for the game. So I think that that's what they need as a one-off payment, but then some support going forwards, whether it be an annual payment to show how, you know, how they can invest that money into each of the teams. It's, it's in the benefits, not only of football in the country, but also of the 
owners, the A-League as well as the clubs. So I'd like to see that. But uh, moving on to, I think, the last time we'll talk about the um, transfers for a couple of months with the uh, the window in the A-League slamming shut tomorrow. So players on the move. Victory, Matt Speranovic uh, has uh, retired and they've signed Bruce Kamau and uh, Leon's Damien De Silva. So very interested to see how he goes for the Raw in comes uh, the returning Robbie Cruz, as well as um, Gamulka, but they signed from City, so one of the City's good youngsters who have obviously found it very hard to get game time, or a lot of game time, with a, a, probably one of the best squads, if not the best squad the A-League's ever had. Uh, in, the Norway invasion continues, as Sydney's Patrick Yazbek joins Diagostino at Viking FK. Michael Roofs, this is just a, a one that I've seen just recently in the last few hours, leaves the Mariners, but where he lands... No one knows. So he played on the weekend. There was no word of him uh, basically uh, leaving. So I'm not sure if he's uh, terminated his contract to allow him to sign outside of the transfer window. Maybe that's a point. But if it's something that he's done wrong, I think from a fan's point of view, they'd like to know what he did because he's he's done well since he's been there. Um, on the coaches front, women's Jets coach Ash Wilson was replaced by uh, Gary Van Egman and City appoint Radio, uh, Radio Vitasic on a permanent basis signing until the end of 2024-25 season. And former Leeds man, and Jacob Burns joins Millet's coaching staff at the Bulls. And the last, but my favourite, and probably your favourite is, your bro Alex Gersbach has left France, heading to the USA to line up for Colorado Rapids. Yeah, huge. Uh, a lot to get through there, lots to digest. Uh, plenty of player movement um, in, in the A-League. I guess the biggest one is um, De Silva coming from Lyon to, to Melbourne Victory and uh, Max Branovic retiring as well. He's had a fantastic career, probably... Uh, injury ham- hampered him a little bit um, at the latter stages, but he, he had a fantastic career over in Europe and um, back here in the A League as well, and a, a Asian Asian uh, Cup winner uh, with the Socceroos. So um, you know he's he's been a tremendous servant for the game, and it's a shame that injuries have probably got the better of him because he's a he's a fine footballer and a very classy uh, defender. But yeah, um, big news for for my brother Alex uh, going to going to the USA. Um, to the MLS, um, you know, it's a good move for him. Really happy for him. Um, going to a league that's that's growing, and there's going to be a lot of spotlight on it in the next uh, three to four years, leading up to the 2026 World Cup um, in the US, Canada, and Mexico. So, um, great, great move for him. Um, and, and you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of eyes on, on that league. It's a growing league, financially uh, very stable, um, and it's it's highly regarded in the world now. So. Um, you know, we saw what the US did at, at the World Cup um, and, and the way they play football and, and the players that are actually coming out of the MLS now and, and going across to Europe um, is also um, quite promising as well, especially uh, younger players and, and also some some older players that are in their, I guess, their later later 20s that have some maybe been to Europe and then come back to the MLS. A lot of South Americans and, and American um, players that have had a dabble in Europe and, and then come back and, and established themselves in the MLS, had a few good seasons and then gone back across to Europe. So um, plenty of potential there and and I think it'll be a, a really good move and exciting move for him. Mate, the only person that's more excited than him is your little son Giannis, who now has another uh, another destination on the map that he can tick off before he gets to probably uh, you know primary school. So he he's loved going to France with you this year to go and visit Uncle Alex. Now he's going to be going to the US, so uh, he'll be he'll be loving that he's gone there. I think uh, he'll also have a big say in his next career move. Maybe he'll choose somewhere like Spain or something, so he can uh, add that to his passport. But uh, look, excellent news for Alex and totally deserved. And uh, we wish him all the best. And and as usual, we'll uh, keep a very close 
close eye on his uh, success throughout the, throughout the year. Um, also, the Premier, quick bit of Premier League news. So the Premier League transfer window is already closed, but a uh, couple of bits of uh, news from the weekend. So the Toffees down table toppers Arsenal in Sean Dyche's first game in charge, winning 1-0. Has Klopp lost the plot? The once mighty Liverpool smacked 3-0 by Wolves. I know that's hard to believe and hard to hear unless you're a Man United fan. But uh, yeah, 3-0 they've been beaten by Wolves at Wolves. Harry Suter gets a win in his debut for the Foxes, which is great for the Socceroos defender, but also has an own goal to go with the victory. So uh, not the perfect debut, but at least a winning one. Spurs defeat the champions, which I'm totally excited about. 1-0 at home. City have never beaten them at Hotspur Stadium in about five or six attempts or even scored a goal at this venue. So if we could play them there all the time, that would be fantastic. And uh, my man Harry Kane uh, broke uh, Greaves' record, and I think it's 257, is it, for him in Spurs and 200 in the Premier League. So congratulations to the uh, England captain. Um, so lots happening in Spurs, and you, you, your United got a great one-one-one win uh, draw with uh, Crystal Palace. So I'm, I'm happy about that too. Yeah, look, uh, plenty happening. Obviously, the, the headline was Harry Kane um, scoring the winner against City and, and breaking uh, Greaves' record. And um, yeah, look, Arsenal flying at the moment. Um, City, City stumbling, and, and then there's the rest behind them. So. Um, it's it's yeah, everyone's hunting down hunting down Arsenal and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think City are probably the only ones that that could catch them at the moment. But little hiccup on the weekend um, and and obviously a hiccup for Arsenal getting done by Everton. But you know when a new coach comes in, uh, players lift and and they seem to grow an extra leg or you know get a bigger heart and um, they they put in a, a solid performance. Uh, Everton to sort of dig themselves. Um, out of relegation trouble, I think they're, they're still in the in the bottom three, but um, they're, they're getting. I think they're only with the point of the, of the teams above them at the moment. So they had come. Uh, tempor- but- they did jump temporarily out of the um, bottom three, but with Leeds beating was it Nottingham Forest, they uh, they leapfrogged them again. So look, they are at least catching on to the pack just above them. And you know, Sean Dyche is the uh, the king of. I don't know if he'll ever win any trophies, but he's the king of uh, the Great Escape and getting teams out of trouble. So uh, a fantastic start for him. And look, great week for me. Not only do I get a win against City, but City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and United all drop points, which is fantastic for me, and uh, it gives us and, and Newcastle, by the way. So uh, it's a, it's been a, a really good week for us. Um, just a little bit about French football. So Montpellier midweek um, played PSG. They won three one, but Mbappe missed a penalty, then gets to retake it for the same result. What are the odds uh, for that to happen? Then on top of that, he hurts his hamstring only 10 minutes later and is subbed. He almost also misses uh, this weekend's game against Toulouse. So uh, he is uh, human. He is, uh, like I said, he's a fantastic player. But, you know, even players like that have off days. And I know you'll love this story too, just before we, we get into our uh, the rest of the show. Ripped from a video game, still um, in League One. Ram's manager, Will Still. Now, I don't know if it's a G-up name or a real name. He's 30 years of age. He only got into coaching via the game Football Manager. Now, that's not a great way of telling players or my son, hey, stop playing video games because he's uh, got a, a, a full-time coaching career out of it. But uh, in 10 years, he's risen from becoming uh, from being an online football manager to becoming the interim manager at the club. They've been unbeaten since November. And the funniest part about it all is they're fined 22000 per match because he doesn't have the required pro licence. It's brilliant. I've seen the clip. Um, he's speaking French one minute and then uh, full blown English the, the next minute. So it's um, it's quite amazing to see how he how he flips between languages and his and his French is unbelievable, quite fluent. So um, you know, he's, I think he's only thirty years old. He said, and um, 
yeah, to, to come in and, and manage a team in League One in a, a top five league in the world. Um, he's doing a tremendous job, and I think they're a champagne region in friends in uh, Rams. So. Uh, time to get the bottles out and, and pop a few corks, I think. Outstanding. A player escape room. We keep the big stars coming with Sydney FC's nice guy off the pitch but fierce enforcer on it. James Donaghy joins us for a chat. We wrap up match day 13 of the A-League women's competition, revolutionised roundup of the latest men's action, and is there anything I didn't see? VIG. I don't know if you saw this, but Bukayo Saka, um, there was a little scuffle in the game and, and he's gone up behind Pickford and and just lobbed the ball into the back of his head. Um, yeah, cheek, cheek little bugger, but I think you're all in, all in a, a good friendly nature. But um, yeah, I, I didn't know he had that in his locker. Look, I, I don't know if he uh, had it in his locker or not, but uh, there is rumours, strong rumours going around that uh, Spurs are eyeing off Pickford for their their long-term replacement of uh, Hugo, uh, Captain Hugo Lloris. Now, if that's the case, these two are going to hate each other even worse, right? So <laughs> maybe this was just, uh, uh, I, I suppose, a preview of things to come. But, yeah, look, I didn't know he had it in him either, but, uh, look, it does make it a little bit entertaining. While it might be a bit disrespectful or sports unsportsmanlike conduct, it, it does add a little bit of extra, um, you know, spice to, to these sorts of clashes. But, uh, all right, so moving on to our A-League women's wrap. So... Let's smash through these games quickly. Sydney makes it a big statement with a 3-0 win over Silverware rival City, sharing the goals around in an excellent team performance at home. An impressive away performance from Perth, hands Western United only their second loss of the season and the glory their first big scalp of the season. Two late goals for victory kills off a spirited fight from the Wanderers. The 3-1 result, another pleasing result for the home fans and keeps them safely inside the top four. Canberra puts two disastrous weeks behind them to record a confidence-building 3-0 win in Newcastle, but have heaped more pressure on the struggling Jets who replaced their coach last week. And Raw defender Jesse Rashart was the first to react to the bouncing ball. Her looping header with 12 minutes to play was enough to give her team the three points in Adelaide and move them above their opponents into fifth. Yeah, look, Sydney are coming, aren't they? I think Western United are top of the league at the moment on 27 uh, Sydney with with uh, one game less than them and, and two games less than City who are sitting in, sitting in second on 25 points and then Sydney in, thir- in third place on 24. Um, so that they're, they're gaining some momentum. I think they've only they've won they've only lost one in the last five, um, one, one four lost one. So they're gaining a bit of momentum and, and they're hunting down the, the top two. But obviously the the top four are starting to break away from the rest. Um, they are starting to clear out. So it's Western United yeah. twenty seven, Melbourne City as you said twenty five, Sydney FC a point further back on twenty four, Melbourne Victory running out the top four on twenty one, and then you've got the Brisbane Raw six points adrift back on fifteen, Canberra United on fourteen. The buy is making it difficult to get a real feel of a table with a different number of games played. But obviously in the coming weeks when uh, some of these teams have their buy or play a catch up game, then we'll get a, a fair indication of how everyone's traveling but uh look interesting times in the uh the, the women's a league so um my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout out dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance this week's shout out goes to a young adelaide united star nastori iran kunda for his stunning winner off the bench he's a phenomenal talent who is exciting he scores goals and gets fans off their seats his highlight reel is full already after only 20 odd appearances in the a league and a handful of goals and the song we send to you my friend is r kelly's track i believe i can fly and surprise surprise you know what in the story i think you can too mate so congratulations enjoy our shout out and uh, our dedicated track r kelly's i believe i can fly yeah look i don't think it'll be long before he uh, flies over to europe <laughs> okay 
I will, I will just I will touch on this a bit more in our uh, revolutionised roundup. I, I've got a question for you and uh, about him, but uh, we can, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, quick look at the A League men's table: uh, Melbourne City on thirty one. They've played one less game. Wanderers in second on twenty four. It's starting to get a bit congested here with uh, Central Coast on twenty three in third, only on goal difference ahead of Adelaide United in fourth on twenty three points. Wellington a, a further two points back on twenty one, and rounding out the top six is Sydney FC on twenty. The chasing pack missed their chances the past few weeks as the champions returned to form with a huge win, but Sydney and Adelaide with good wins pushing them both up the table. So let's get into our revolutionised roundup. So. Um, as we said last week, with so much to get through, we'll be selecting our uh, match of the day each, as well as then doing a mini review of the other four games. For the listeners, you should know that the, the drill now. We'll talk about the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point and what uh, we would have changed, Coach Gio or VIG in our two uh, main games. And then uh, we'll just give a quick summary of the other four games. So the first game and the only game on the Friday night was the Melbourne victory uh, at home to Wellington Phoenix. Tell us about this one, VIG. Yeah, so I've picked this one as my my game of the week. Um, full-time score was 3-1 to, to the victory over, over Wellington. Uh, the goal scorers were Oscar Zawada, again, in the uh, 13th. Cracking header. header. It was an excellent header, wasn't it? It, it was. Great header. Hey, Fornaroli in the 32nd. Uh, Jake Brimmer in the 54th. And uh, Tommy Urich off the bench uh, to score in the 91st. So His was um, good for wasn't it, though? Yeah, look, a solid win for, for victory. And, and after going 1 0 down, um, they, they needed to dig deep. They needed to find something, and, and they did. So, and my player of the match was Drake, Jake Brimmer. Um, you know, I think he's been tremendous again this season. The last couple of games, he's, he's really um, led, led this Melbourne victory team. Um, you know, he, he's great, dangerous. From uh, from set pieces, his his dead ball deliveries into the box are, are great, and his free kicks. Well, the, the one on Friday night, absolutely, you know, outstanding. Anywhere around that box, um, you're fouling a victory player, and Jake Brimmer steps up to the ball. Um, more than likely, that ball's going in the back of the net these days. So, um, you know, I think he's 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 probably for me, he's probably close to to getting a move overseas. Uh, I could see it happening uh, potentially at the end of this season. Um, and a possible Socceroos call-up as well. So he's putting himself in the mix with those performances and he adds a, a different dimension to, to the Socceroos or to, to another team with his, uh, with his set pieces as well. Okay, question for you, VIG, now that you've talked about uh, Jake Brimmer. So with the pedigree of Damien De Silva and Kamau joining the squad, Brimmer getting his confidence back and, hey, he scoring, can victory start to put a run together or is this just a, a, good, a good day in the office? Look, I, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, you know, I think they're only, what are they, sitting on 14 points at the moment at the foot of the ladder. Uh, yeah, look, it's only, they're only, they've got a game in hand. And, they're, two and they're, wins, only, they're two wins outside. They're, making they're, a, they're making two a wins off. Look, they, they need to go on a, a big run. They, they need to win, you know, three, four games in a row um, to really gain some momentum and, and put themselves back in the frame. But, you know, it, it's, it shouldn't be written off. They should, that's what they should be aiming to do with the squad they have and the, and the players they have at their disposal. Um, they should be aiming for the top six, regardless of of where they are right now. So Damien De Silva um, comes from uh, League One. He's played over two hundred and fifty odd appearances. He's played against Mbappe. He's played against uh, Cavani. He he. You would think he would come in alongside Miranda and give them a, a really really strong 
defensive line and that allows then their attacking weapons to start to, to you know, get get some goals and, and start to get some wins. So, look, I'm, I'm expecting to see, uh, you know, a good string of run, run of victories for these guys now. But, um, you know, like I said, it's hard week in, week out. And if you don't turn up, uh, you don't get results. Yeah, definitely. And, look, we'll, we'll finish up with that. What I would have changed, um, if I was Uffie, I think I would have matched victories 4-2-3-1 instead of going with a sort of 4-4-2. I think he had Borley and... And uh, Zawada up top, yeah, uh, I would have maybe maybe played Borley a, a little bit deeper in behind, or maybe on the wing and and played. Um, I think he had Barbarusis and um, Kryev on the other side, so may, maybe play even play Kryev as a, as a ten and Borley on the wing and Barbarusis on one side. So I, I think I would have just matched them man for man in in that situation um, instead of, instead of going with with the two up top. Mate, what would you the turning point? So what what was the turning point for you? Uh, the yeah. turning point was it was Jake Brimmer's free kick. Okay. You know, once once that goes in, you know, all right, Ford and Rolly got him back into the game one all. But once Brimmer's free kick goes in in, in the second half, there, um, you, I think you saw the belief in the victory players to say, hang on, we're we're not losing this game. Like we we, we can win this, and and they they did it comfortably in the end. So um, I think the the free kick was a turning point for me. Look, you know, especially against a team in good form in the Phoenix and a player who's hot like Zawada scoring and going 1-0 up, you think, uh, you know, this is a foregone conclusion. So I think it was not just a, a great win 3-1 against a, a good team, but I think the position they came from will give them a lot of extra confidence. So moving on to the first of the uh, the Saturday games, and there was plenty of them, it was uh, Melbourne City at home to MacArthur Bulls. Uh, final score was 6-1, and uh, new MacArthur coach Millay Sajowski had pitch side seats to Saturday's Melbourne Horror Show as City put six past his team. Classy Dutchman Richard van der Veen with a stunning hat-trick and golden boot leader Jay Mack grabbed a double in the demolition. They were both fantastic well, as well as about nine other blokes, including Leckie and so on in their squads. So they're starting to look ominous. I think they gave the rest of the field a bit of a chance. They felt a bit guilty, but uh, if that forms anything to go by, watch out the rest of the league. Yeah, well, six one. Um, that's that's it's a terrible day at the office for for MacArthur and and for Sturjovski in his first game in charge. But um, he's got he's got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I don't don't know what's going on there with the players. But um, yes, they come up against Melbourne City, who you know, arguably the one one of the greatest A League teams or that, that we've seen. Um, you know, so they're they're a great great squad and and they play some some great football, but. Um, when you're losing a game 6-1, it's it's worrying signs. Yep. The second of the uh, Saturday games was the uh, nice derby between Sydney FC and the Central Coast Mariners, two teams both up the right end of the table. This was my uh, match of the day. So for me, the score was 3-2 to Sydney FC. The goals coming to Lafondre in the 10th minute, Cummings equalising in the 20th from the penalty spot. Again, he gave them the lead in the 33rd minute. Joe Lolly tied it up again in the, the Lolly Man in the 72nd minute. And then Lafondre helping himself to a second in the 72nd to give his team a 3-2 uh, win. And uh, they're starting to gain some momentum. For me, the player of the match was uh, Alfie. He robbed the bakery, snatching two more sausage rolls. And if his spectacular over, overhead kick had uh, a little bit more power, it would have been a well-deserved hat-trick. Just showed when on song, he has that goal-scoring killer instinct. So nice to see for Sydney and for him, uh, you know, that he's back in form and they're starting to really hit their straps. But uh, he was fantastic. Yeah, look, and Sydney rely on him a lot. They've always relied on their number nine, scoring a lot of goals. Um, you know, they had Bobo previously, Alex Bross for years. So um, when that number nine isn't isn't working for them and, and isn't scoring goals up top, uh, they tend to struggle. So 
uh, it's good to see him back in form and, and banging some goals in. Yeah, for me, the turning point, both teams were reduced to 10 men about a few minutes apart. So for me, I don't think that changed a lot. You lost Ryan Grant, which I'm still trying to work out how that was a red card. It was a foul, but I, I don't know if it was a red. They overturned it. And then uh, the Mariners lost uh, their defender for a foul on uh, Burgess when he was in the box. So I don't know if that changed the game. But for me, it was uh, Marco Tulio's 50th minute miss. He had an open goal. So I think... Uh, They'd had a shot on goal. The keeper, uh, Redmayne, had parried it. The ball came out to him on his weaker left foot. And with the goal open open, he uh, and leading 2-1, he kicked it into the side netting. And the rest is history. So if he'd made that 3-1, I think uh, the Mariners run out uh, victors in that game. And they're sitting right behind uh, City in second spot. Instead, they've uh, dropped three points there and allowed City to catch some ground, ground on them. Uh, Sydney to catch some ground on them. So d- very disappointing for them. But a, a great game. And what would I have done to change the game? So for the Mariners, they made two changes in the 59th uh, and then two more in the 74th minute. But they were now behind 3-2. They looked tired the last 25 to 30 minutes, hence why they copped two goals with balls in behind. Um, So I would have made those changes sooner. Sydney also introduced Bratton and Yazbek just before Central Coast made their first two, and this energised their side and gave them this energy to come back from 2-1 down, whereas the Mariners made two changes in the 59th that didn't really do much for them, and then they waited until they're 3-2 down to put another two players on when I would have put all those players on in the 59th. I know four is a lot of changes, but when your players are dying in the heat uh, against a team who's now just got a massive you know, lift from a class player like Luke Bratton and, and, and Yazbek, who's on his way over to Norway, I just think he had to do something to counter it. I don't think Monty's made many mistakes this year, but I think that was one of them. So unfortunately for the Central Coast Mariners, it it wasn't the right decision and they ended up paying for it. So moving on to the uh, third of the Saturday games, it was Adelaide United at home to the Brisbane Raw. What what was the score here and uh, how did you find things? Yeah, full-time score was 2-1 to Adelaide. Uh, Goals to Luis Dorigo in the 35th. Uh, Joe Knowles in the 37th, his first A-League goal, I believe. And uh, the winner to Nestori Iran Kunda in the 82nd. Um, it was an a- absolute bullet from from the young gun um, that won it for the Reds. Uh, oh, look, it's, it's amazing that the power that he generates from his shot when running at speed. Um, it, it's there's nothing I've seen before from a from a teenager. I've, I've never seen that nowhere in the world. I, I don't think I, I can't I can't think of a player that's that's you know under the age of 18. Um, that can generate uh, such power in his shot like that. So his technique's absolutely phenomenal. Tell me this for you, um, G. So how good is Irukunda? But firstly, he only needed four minutes to score the winner, right, which is is, is so scary, it's not funny. But compare him to Qual. So Qual's 18. Uh, he turns 17 on Thursday. So happy birthday, Nestori. He so it's a fair comparison, right? One's just left for New for Newcastle on loan out to Hearts, but he's 18. Nestori, okay, he's like I said, he'll he's turning 17 on Thursday. Where does he compare to someone like Qual, who's a, an excellent talent for Australia, and he's now gone over into mm-hmm. Scotland, and he was signed by a, a Premier League club? Yeah, look, I think perhaps he has even more talent and probably more physicality than Grant Qual. Um, you know, given the fact that he's only he's only just about to turn seventeen, I think he's probably he needs another year in the A League. He needs to, he needs to start playing consistently and playing more minutes. Like it's it's. I'm not saying it's easy to come on and and make an impact because it's it's not easy to just come on and score the winner. But um, there's there's less pressure on you. Uh, it's not as physically demanding. Um, you know, you don't have to play a full ninety. You can come on for 10, 15 minutes end of the game and and be explosive and and run around defenders that are tired. Um, 
So I, I look, I, I want to see him start football matches and, and play a full season in the A-League. And then when he turns 18, uh, he can go overseas. Uh, I think he's he's ready to go the moment he the moment he turns eighteen. He's he's ready to fly overseas, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he's already got a few clubs after him. Okay, and, so the million um, dollar question then is: How long can Adelaide hold on to this special talent? I, I think for one more season. I think he stays until he's eighteen, um, and I think at the end of next season he he goes overseas. So he um, has a big European uh, party for his eighteenth, and uh, we're both invited. 100 percent i'm there so <laughs> if, if i can do anything to get him over there bring it on all right and get all right so moving on to the uh, the last of the saturday games it was the perth glory uh up against the newcastle jets the final score was 2-2 and the best way to summarize this game was an entertaining game with three lead changes a missed penalty mark beaver's first a-league goal some world-class saves a schoolyard push and shove a reno piscopo stunning strike and young gun Archie Goodwin rescu- rescuing a late point for the away team. Yeah, had it all. And, um, you know, Perth, I think they're undefeated over at Macedonia Park. And the atmosphere there and the crowd that are, that are getting down, down to the games, um, it just looks looks great on TV. And it, it goes to show that having these smaller stadiums, um, it, it does work. So it, it's doing wonders for the team and uh, still undefeated there. Uh Playing some some good football as well. Yes, Newcastle uh, snatched it at the end um, and got the draw out of it. But um, I think Perth will be a little bit disappointed that they didn't win that game. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, give us a quick s- a summary of the last uh, of the the game of the round, which was the only Sunday game between Western Sydney Wanderers and Western United. What was the score here? Oh, I don't know, mate. I was at the beach. It was just thirty degrees, <laughs> 30, okay. thirty-five degrees in Sydney. Um, no, it finished one nil to the Wanderers. Uh, Yeni and Bakoto uh, with the goal, another goal. Um, but yeah, look, another three pm kickoff and thirty degree plus heat. I think it was it was close to thirty five, thirty six um, out at at Combank Stadium. So um, you know, uh, it's it, it's difficult. You, you, we can't predict the weather every week, but we know at this time of the year it's it's generally pretty hot. So um, having these three pm kickoffs, they don't they, they don't make sense to me. And I sound like a broken record talking about this, but unfortunately, it seems like the Wanderers uh, keep copping it on a on a Sunday afternoon um, when, when you know majority of the of the crowd. Like there was no crowd there as well. The, the crowd was poor, but can you blame them? Do they want to go and, and sit and roast in the sun for for ninety minutes? So. Um, I guess the the sugar coating of this was uh, there was a, de- a second half debut to um, Morgan Scheidelin who, who came on as a substitute, um, but he must have been thinking, "What the hell am I doing here, playing in this heat?" Honestly, tell it, me it the more important that, question, though, Vig. Tell me the more important question. And and like I said, uh, this is a concern for me with Western United. They're not the same team they were last year. Priovic, Troisi, Diamagic, Kilkenny, Imai, Topor Stanley, Dumbia. Uh, Dumbia, Young, and Risden are all over 30 uh, or older. Plus, Payne, Connor Payne will join that list this year. Do you think they did the right thing letting the much younger Dylan Wenzel-Halls and Theo Harris leave in the transfer window? No, no, definitely not because they're, they're an ageing squad. Uh, we've seen that they've had they've had injuries. I think Leo Lacroix was injured as well this weekend. So Priovic has been out. Diamante's been out. He, he's not good enough to start at the moment. He's only coming on as an impact player in the second half. Um, so no, and, and I think Milanovic as well has, has left today. So, um, I'm not sure where he, where he's off to, but I think he's, he's left. So 
um, poten- oh, sorry, potentially a swap deal with um, Rami Nazarene of uh, Western Sydney so that he, Rami could be going to uh, Western United and Milanovic uh, going to the Wanderers. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, uh, the, the, an ageing squad, you need a bit of youth um, in there, especially if you're playing on these hot afternoons, um, you know, and especially if you want squad rotation then. And look, a look to the future. You know, a lot of these players will probably be retiring soon or, or ending up their careers. So, where to next for for Western United if they're not developing um, young talent? Good work for AG. All right, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room Sydney's uh, enforcer James Donaghy. Can't wait. Speak to you after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is a man who has won silverware with the victory and raw, so we'll be hoping to add the Sky Blues to that list. Please welcome to the show Sydney FC's enforcer, defender, James Donaghy. G'day, mate. Welcome to the show. How's it going? How you going? Mate, I'm good and I'm enjoying watching you at the moment. Uh, we'll get we'll touch on that a little bit later, but I think you're the hard man of Sydney FC. But uh, look, things are going well for you guys uh, on the weekend. So you had uh, bragging rights went to you in the Big Blue on Australia Day against your former club. Do you feel this will kickstart uh, a good run for you? Mate, I hope so. I hope so. Um, after, like I like I was saying, the last season, you know, was quite hard to take. So I'm hoping the league's that close, the ladder's that close to that. This is this is going to what be what starts us getting on a run. And it was a good, it was a really good trip down there. Um, and hopefully, just from here on, we we can kick on. Mate, you've got a quality squad at Sydney, but finding consistency has been hard for you guys this season. The good news is you're only a point outside the top six. So is the vibe good in the squad? How's everything going there? Is the gaffer still positive that you guys can make a, a serious run at the title? Yeah, big time. I think you probably nailed it. It's just, it's just consistency. There's a massive difference between coming home after a loss and a win through the week, and that, that rolls on. It's just about getting momentum. You know, If you get two in a row, that becomes three and four. I think you've seen with the Central Coast and Wellington, that's kind of what's happening. And you just need that run of two or three games to be even close to the top four at the moment. So we just we need to get that consistency going. Mate, you're playing out of the impressive Allianz Stadium. So I know there's a lot of uh, other teams that are very envious of, uh, of the, the fortress you've built there. Tell us a bit about it. The facilities are amazing. Everyone tells me the showers are better than going to a five-star hotel. So tell us what it's like each week or every second week playing out of a, uh, a stadium like that. Yeah, look, I, I think it's it's the new number one for me. I, I was obviously at Amy Park, which was which was incredible, and that was always the top of my list. And now this is this is coming in Trump. That um, I just had a promo there. They've had rugby sevens on it, which is an absolute shame because pitches pitches not looking what it what it did. But um, yeah, look, massive on on water pressure and showers as well. So <laughs> mate, they're they're up there. They're up there. It's a top stadium. There's bloody there's restaurants in and out of the stadium. It's you can go there and have have a five star meal and watch a football game. It's it's yeah, it's something else. It's something else, mate. If I get a petition signed to get these rugby guys off the field and put them onto something else, right? They can play on anything, right? There's no skill involved in rugby. Oh, mate, it's not mate. as it's not as good as as football. Will you sign that petition? Do you reckon you can get a few of the boys to sign that? Mate, I'll, yeah, I'll be the first on the list, mate. I'll be the first on the list. If, after seeing this this pitch today, I was I was almost crying. That's yeah, not great. Not great. Oh, just barring from using the showers, just get someone to block the door or something so they can go outside, have a have a quick squirt under the hose, and they, they might change their mind and stop using the facility. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Mate, I've got to ask you, all your teammates say to me, you're the funniest in the team, you're the coolest cat off the pitch. But on the pitch, mate, all these mellies are breaking out and you're the first to arms, right? So the Phoenix <laughs> have got Ollie Sale, the Wanderers have got Captain uh, Marcelo. 
are you Sydney's hitman? They're all telling me you're a lovely bloke. You're so quiet and funny and everything. And now I see you on the pitch, mate. And there's only one other guy that's going out there, and I'm and, and I'm surprised. And that's Maxi Burgess. He's got he needs a bit of yoga or something at the moment because he's fired up. That young kid. Yeah, he's um, mate. I don't know what's going on with him, but I, I agree with you. That's that's not a side I've seen of um of Max, and generally, definitely not off the off the pitch. That's that's not him at all. I think um. I think I've always had that kind of coming through. I don't know why. Obviously, probably have to go see a psychologist and work all that out. But, <laughs> mate, I, honestly, I, I love it. I'm, prob- I'm not. I'm probably not going to change and um, prefer it that way. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll always be amongst it for as long as I'm playing. Mate, if I if I had to give advice to my 12 year old son, I'd say, don't follow. Uh, James, but uh, when I was, <laughs> you, you love, you know what? There's nothing worse than having your teammates run away from you when there's a melee on, right? And when they're in trouble, you go straight to their rescue. And when they're on, they're all running down to try and, and find the nearest bus or taxi or Uber to get out of there. So, <laughs> mate, I love, I love that you're going to fa- to bat for them. I do say on this show sometimes, maybe, uh, mate, maybe you had a bad weekend or maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe you had a punt that went wrong during the week. But uh, I, I do actually love that you wear your heart on your sleeve and you do have uh, the boys' backs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, uh, like like I said, I don't think it's going to change, and um, I enjoy it. But yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, something in me, mate, and I, I don't think um, I'm going to be able to work it out. So we'll just see what happens the next few years, and hopefully, as I get older, maybe I have kids, maybe I calm down and get a bit more similar to Wilkes, but <laughs> can't see it. Mate, well, can't I, see it happen. What I want you just to avoid, buddy, is like I said, you're a good looking roost. I don't want them after you retire to start having these fights that they do in the rugby league, where ex players fight each other, right? And they all. <laughs> Organised when you're 38, you and Ollie sail to go in the ring to raise money for something, mate. It's <laughs> for that. So let's just make sure that we just get rid of that tag. Maybe Maxi Burgess, after the goal he scored against Celtic, he has no reason to be cranky. He scored another uh, cracking goal on the weekend. Very true. Angry pants. Very true. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I haven't asked him. And the boy, a few boys have commented on it and said, you know what, he's, he's the most mellow. He's down doing yoga and capoeira and Bondi. So it's, uh, it's out of character. Yeah, definitely. Mate, you were born in Queensland, but now play for a New South Wales team. Do you consider yourself a Queenslander? What colour do you wear during State of Origin? Oh, yeah, tough one. Um, oh, God, you, you put me on the spot there. This will, this will get highlighted if I say the wrong one. But mate, I'm happy for you. Can just say pass if you like. You, you can just maybe you can choose Melbourne. But I, I think. Mate, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pass on it just so I don't. Yeah, so I get the backlash of saying uh, <laughs> which one I truly, truly believe in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right, mate. No, wait, you can just tell me off air. It's all good. And I won't tell yeah. anyone. <laughs> mate, are you enjoying living in Sydney after growing up in Queensland and then previously living in Melbourne and India? How are you finding Sydney compared to those places? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I mean, there's there's not much. Bondi, you can't complain. Yeah, it's, it is expensive. It's very expensive, you know. But um, come come the weekend after a game and come when the sun hits and it's summertime, there's there's not many places that compare. Um yeah, I was Brisbane. Brisbane's Brisbane's nice. Melbourne's nice. I really can't complain. India, India was. I was in a place that was quite similar to Bali um, in Goa, and then Korea. Korea, I was in an absolute village. So um, yeah, looking at Bondi in, in terms of those places, it's yeah, she, she's well up there. What do you miss most, Queensland or Melbourne? What do you miss most? As much as you're living in a great place and you know, and everything's going well for you in Sydney, is there something particularly you miss other than family? Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, the family in Brisbane was probably number one, but uh, I'm massive on just sitting in cafes and coffees and kind of having an area that's got a lot of people out and enjoying themselves, which Melbourne's got a lot of. Um, Bondi's got that a little bit too. It just I think 
the only difference I've noticed, everything closes here early, mate. At 12 o'clock, everyone's going home. It's like it's almost like a semi-retirement home where, where Melbourne, you can, if you don't want to go home, you don't go home. You crack on. Mate, that's only because Kareka calls him and says, if, if uh, James Donovan, <laughs> shut, shut the doors. Mate, it's nothing to do. As soon as you disappear into an Uber or a cab, it reopens again. <laughs> Yeah, I got spotted somewhere on the weekend and he come in and he, someone obviously knew or saw me and he spotted me and he come up to me at training. He's like, oh, how was your, how was your few days off? I said, yeah, and no, I just had a, had a quiet one. He goes, oh, yeah, what could you have? And I went, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> as long as the form stays good. That you That's might it, you might get the little chit chats, but nothing happens. It's when the form drops, you That's have to it. start making sure you wear a mask when you're out, or just hide in shadows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's probably something I strongly believe on too. If I'm not playing well, probably similar to last year, mate, you won't. You're not going to see me out. That's the truth. So, while the form's good, enjoy it, enjoy it as much as possible while you're playing well. But if it changes, then yeah, you, you won't see me out. That's for sure. All right, mate, uh, I want to get into two games we'd like to play with our guests and uh, and throw a few of your teammates or yourself under the bus. So it's called Six Aside. I ask you six questions comparing you and your Sydney FC teammates. You ready to go? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Who is more competitive, you or Luke Bratton? Oh. Oh, it's a bit mate. close to the nerve, isn't it? That's close, yeah. I'd say at the moment, you know what I'd say at the moment? He hasn't been sleeping well with the kids and that. I'd say him at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah, usually I'd go myself, but he's—I think—he's a bit tired, so he's—he's been—he's been a bit grumpy. All right, tell me then, who'd win an arm wrestle between the two of you? Oh, I think I'd—I'd I'd win the arm wrestle for sure. What about yeah. around the Who shoots a better score? Oh, golf for sure, Batsy. He's—he's he's borderline professional. He's not—he's not—it's um, not enjoyable to play with him because he's too good. You know, like let's go have a, a good time. It's our day off the golf. Him and Joe um, are too good, so it's not—it's not enjoyable. It's just—it's just silly. If you if the A League had a uh, off season golf tournament per club, you guys would be the short price favourites. I think isn't oh, Alfie, Alfie's Alfie, Yeah, I was just actually thinking about I was gonna rattle off some names because I know yeah. them three are quite up there, but even Jack Rodwell jumps in as well. We've got yeah, we've got a bloody PGA tour list at this club. <laughs> <laughs> not great, not great for the boys that want to go and just have a bit of team a team laugh and you know Maybe table tennis or something. Is that something you guys could take them down on? We we get into the boys get into tech ball. Um, we've got a tech tech ball's like it's pretty much table tennis but with a football and the tables curved. Yeah, that gets that gets quite competitive before training. Who's the best at that? Uh, Paulie Retray would be in there. Uh, Robbie Mack loves it. Yeah, Casares Casares probably well up there. You know what he's like technically. So he's yeah, those he's up there. You guys get Kareka playing? Is he still? I know he's got a good touch still. Is he is he in there or he just sits back and watches? Mate, he doesn't get involved, but you know you know he'd be good at it. You can see it at training. He's he could jump in if he wants to and, and not look out of place well and truly. Uh, it gives me the impression he's like my dog when I'm in the pool playing with the ball, runs up and down along the side of the glass. I reckon he's doing that when you guys are playing, dying yeah, to get I'll, but he sure, just doesn't yeah. want to ask. <laughs> sure, I don't yeah, he jumps but he does, he jumps in even if we have like a little injury at training or something, he'll put a big one and jump in and He's still, um, yeah, he's still got it. That's for sure. Quality. Who is more likely to be late to training or to the airport for an away game? You or Patrick Wood? Uh, I'd say Patrick Wood, but without a doubt, even just mentioning someone other than that, Joe Lolly's one hundred percent every time. Is he? Is he? Abs- does he just not wake up, or he's just got too big, busy a schedule, or what's with the Lolly man? Mate, we're we're six, seven months in, and none of us have worked it out. We don't know whether he just <laughs> does not have a clock or doesn't care for time or whether he is just tired. We don't know, but maybe it'll be late 
99% of the time. Okay. But uh, you still got Patrick Wood covered? I've got Patrick Wood covered for sure, yeah. Yeah, still young, like, likes to sleep in. No is alarms. There any, is there anything you could, you guys could tempt Lolly with to get him there on time? Is there anything, has he got something that he really particularly likes? Is there something, I don't know if it was, I don't know, UFC fight and he was scared he wasn't going to get a front row seat? or Is there something that would make him tick or no, nah, he's just going to be late to everything? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go late for everything. But like, even then, when he first came here, it was his birthday and obviously me and Joe get on really well and he goes, oh, we'll go for dinner for my birthday. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. He goes, we'll go at seven o'clock, we're going in space in Double Bay. And I rock up, as you do, it's, I'll leave just before 7, get there, traffic, 7.15, and he's sitting in there, and he, I walk in, and I'm, I'm only getting to know him, you know, and he goes, <laughs> he goes what, what are you doing? I've been here for 20 minutes. And I was like, what I mean? Like, relax, the boys will get here. He's like, I've been sitting here for 20 minutes, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I didn't know him, and then from the next six months, he's been late for six months, and I was just like, how is this guy having a crack at me for being late for his birthday? <laughs> He's just, he's just testing you guys out, and now he knows that uh, you know what you guys are like. He just goes back to his use. Yeah, he goes, oh, use are like that, so I'm going to be like that for the whole season now. Well, I'm going to jump to the one that I had a little bit later down the list. Who is more likely to pick up the bill, you or Joe Lolly? Talking of Joe Lolly, talking about going to restaurants when you go in there, is he pulling out the uh, the black or gold Amex? And yeah, no, that's what? definitely that's definitely Joe. That's there. He's got he's got me covered. Yeah, he's uh, he's done well, mate. So he's um and he's he's a uh, He's not shy of it as well. He look after he look after everyone, especially when the boys are out and about. He's he's quite good like that. Yeah, quality. So like I, said, I, I don't know if he's got kids or not, but that if if uh, if he has got boys, there should be the girls lining up as when he, his boys get a bit older. Because if that's what the old man's doing, paying yeah. them, looking after people, treating them well, then there's there's two two boys or a boy or whatever he has that uh, is, is future marriage material. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that one that one is definitely Joe Lolly for sure. All right, who sucks up to the coach more, you or Redders, Andrew Redmayne? <laughs> no, nah, definitely not not me. I think, um, I mean, Redders, Redders doesn't speak, so. I'll, yeah, I'll, does he bring down? Does he bring down like a coach and say, oh, "I got a coffee, I got a spare coffee, I just got one in case, coach"? Or you know, does he help pick up the balls after training if if he got, some of the young boys are doing a crap job and Steve was sort of looking around for help? Or is he is he one of those guys? I think I think it'd probably be Redders just out of Redders is just highly respected across the board from everyone, um, and he is like you said he'll be picking up stuff he'll he'll be helping our kid Lady Mel he 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 is that I'm probably more I guess fire in training so if something's happened I'll be roasting and going in and I just need to get in the showers but he's yeah he's consistently probably respected but who sucks up more God. That's, that's a tough one to say. It's me, to, to be honest. I, I can't imagine you sucking up to anyone. So uh, nah, that's not yeah, that's not me. But I'll, I'll go red. It's just out of just it's that's a tough one to decide on. Right, who takes longer in the shower, you or Ryan Grant? Yeah, that'd be me for sure. Me for sure. I think the only person that's ever trumped me who I've played with is Costa Barbarusis. Okay, Costa takes one. If if <laughs> mate, this could be anything from ten minutes to an hour, hour okay. twenty. We used to obviously we played a victory together, and the showers in that those change rooms, like you said, are, are the best in the league. They're just the water pressure, and, and me and Koch would sit there and talk for hours. And then we'd come in and I, uh, at Sydney FC, if we we're in there longer than 10 minutes, the water runs out, the hot water runs out. So he gets in before everyone, rinses it, the boys get in, it's cold water, and he's hopping out, his chest is burnt red. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mate, I don't know. What are, what are the showers? Now he's across the ditch back in uh, in uh, the Phoenix. What are the what's the showers like over there? Would he be struggling a bit? No, nah, he was saying he's saying they've moved into like a state of the art. So I reckon he, he'll be doing exactly the same. So that's what that's now. I, I was trying to work out what the move was behind him going back to the Phoenix, but it could have been just the showers. Well, mate, there's a strong <laughs> chance that they didn't say, "We'll come and check it out," and he walked in there. There's a strong chance that's what have done it. I guarantee that's how much he loves it. All right, and who who is the better dressed or better has the better dress sense, you or Diego Caballo? Oh, that's one hundred percent me, one hundred percent without a doubt. But is that because you're stylish, or is it just because he's got no clue? <laughs> <laughs> he's still working it out, and okay. also, or he he does it. He's not bothered. He's not bothered. You know, he's got the missus. He's got the kids. Yep. I'm, you know, still single, out and about. So I need, I need to maintain a certain level at some point. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, I don't think he's too bothered, Diego. All right, mate. And just one other bonus one. So just this is just a free hit. Tell us one thing you know you're much better at than a teammate. So as soon as you arrived at Sydney two seasons ago, you walked in. You're like that that sucker. I'm heaps better at that than him. What am I heaps better at? Any player, oh. anyone here, you can throw any of your teammates under the bus. Probably, probably a better singer than most. I'll be honest. Okay. That's probably one thing I know for sure. And and great on um, every team has like a team DJ. Yep. For a long time, Victory it was Broxy. For a long time in Sydney, it was can't remember who it was before. That's a long me, time, Victory is is Broxy. That means no one's had a shot in the last thirty years. Nah, but see, even <laughs> even that Victory, I see, I. Me and Roxy battled it out for a few years to try and get on get on the deck. So to be honest, right. I can't remember who was on before me at Sydney, but that's something I'll, I'll put my hand up for for sure. Are you? Have you taken over now? Are you the DJ? Yeah, I've jumped on, jumped on. I think we had a bad season, and this season I thought, you know, enough's enough. We can't be walking out with, with shit music or the energy a bit low. So I've jumped on for now and see how long I last at this at this rate. I think your parents were already ahead of the game because your initials back to front of DJ, right? So uh, that's, I, that's it, mate. That's I it. think that, I think they already knew what was happening that you're going to go in there and start uh, rocking the house with all the tunes. <laughs> that's great. I've never, I've never actually thought of that, mate. That's what I'm here for, mate. On the, <laughs> on the brains, the operation. But uh, mate, you've absolutely smashed it out the park. And uh, like I said, I, I think there might be a few blokes who are hunting for you when you get to training tomorrow. But uh, let's get into the second game. I like to call one two. So I'll give you a few topics, and you just tell me your thoughts on those topics. Yeah, sweet. All right, let's crack into this one. Talking during a movie. Oh, unacceptable. Um, the only one I could probably give lenience to is Avatar because it goes for four hours. But besides that, yeah. Have you seen the second one? Yeah, I've seen it, mate. <laughs> I went. Made the mistake of going to a 9 p.m. session, got out at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> great, great. I made the stupid mistake of not watching the first one again, and I was like, I've never even seen – I don't think I've seen it. And then I realised, yeah, I have. So uh, I think if anyone's going to watch it, if there's any listeners out there that haven't uh, watched the second one yet, go and watch the first one again because it, it was so long ago. It was over 10 years ago, wasn't it? That the, uh, yeah, 10 years, yeah. Yeah, so you need to link these together. Is there a preferred teammate that you'd go to the movies with? Um, look, Joe, Joe's always available. I'll probably go Joe or Woody, Woody as well will come in. Um, but then sometimes there's a, there's a cinema in Macquarie that has all the kids stuff and we've got obviously a high number of kids in this team. It's a bit of a family team. So I'll jump in on that. I don't mind that if it's hot, the occasional Disney movie just to get in the air con, you know. <laughs> but also, mate, if there's any squabbles in there, we need the Sydney hitman there too. So that's why. This <laughs> just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> all right. The gaffer, Steve Correcker. How would you describe him? Man, I think. I think because I, I saw him just as I was coming in, he was finishing up. So I got to see his season and I always had, I knew in my head he was an unbelievable player. Um, and then when I was leaving victory, 
Sydney had had those two years and they were just on a run, almost did it for a third. And I thought, mate, this this guy knows what he's doing. Um, I think the year I got there, God, not only was probably he under the pump, but I was, you know, not having a good year as well. And I think everyone was just had a lot of pressure on us and it didn't go well. And that was my first year with, with Steve. But I think, I think knowing him in and out of training and knowing how he kind of deals with the boys and that I know that it's there, it's just us getting it done with a bit of consistency that's kind of hurting him at the moment. Um, but compared to, you know, other coaches I've had, he's well and truly up there for sure. Japanese food, in particular sushi. You a fan? Yeah, fan. Yeah, big fan. Big what's fan. What's your go-to dish? What do you have? Now, I love sushi trains. I think because I live by myself, I hate cooking. That's like, that will feed me probably three days of the week. There's one in Kuji that, they know, they know me, they know my face and they come in and they get me the, the lychee tea on arrival just because they know. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah, big fan, big fan. I, I almost got barred from uh, the sushi train because me and the kids, they like to load up some of the uh, the trays as they go around to see who can get more uh, salt or pepper onto those. And for some reason, they got really cranky and they started coming over and eventually they just dropped this big pile of uh, salt and pepper here and as if to say, don't be doing that again. I was like, we haven't really done anything bad, right? We're just having yeah. a, a sushi train. But I think sometimes they take themselves a bit serious. But when sushi's good, you just got to wear it, right? You just got to rock up. And even if they, they give me the frowns now when I go in, the sushi's just too good. You just got to go. Oh, you gotta go for it, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right, mate. You uh, you said you are a great singer, so uh, I'm not going to throw that one at you. What about dancing? Are you up there with Joe Gauchy? Is Joe Gauchy a good dancer, is he? Oh, you haven't seen him after all the games. Now he goes around, and uh, I actually had asked him, "Yeah, you know, you're a good dancer." He said, "No, I'm rubbish." And then the next week, Channel Ten have caught him on their network. Ten have caught him on there doing a dance afterwards. He did one again on the weekend, I think, and. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's just getting as many raps at the moment for his goalkeeping as he is for his dancing. So. Dancing, yeah, right. Yeah, have I'd say. You have, are you, are you, will they like your moves or are they, the guys are telling you, mate, you know, you need a few more beers to be half decent? Yeah, that's what I reckon. I reckon, like, after a few beers, I am decent. Before, I'm a bit stiff, but after a few, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Maybe right. it's because you're so sore from the game that just numbs the that's pain. Probably, yeah, that's probably, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just to numb my legs at that point, probably. All right. What about celebrity crush? Is there someone, doesn't have to be a female, it could be a female, but it could be just a, a male player that you have a male crush on in another sport or it could be football? I probably, off the top of my head, I love that um, Gal Gadot yep. uh, as a female and then probably probably Hugh Jackman is up there for me. I think okay. he's just he's just good at everything. Um, so there's not many there's not many people, like I said, being an A-League player that you'd see on the street and you'd go, wow, but if one of those two walked in the room, if I yeah. at the never, coffee shop, yeah. you'd be a bit, ah, uh, yeah, how you going? I'm never one to be like, oh, I'd get a photo. You know, I find it embarrassing. I, it's not me at all. But if, if Hugh Jackman walked past or Gal, I'd, I'd, that's with the exception. And I'd be like, I've, got to, I've just got to do this. Yeah. All right. So if we see on your end of season, uh, you know, your Mad Monday, your end of season trip this year, you're going as Wonder Woman. We know why. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I, or or, or as, as Wolverine, but I, I think you'd be better as, uh, as Wonder Woman. Why are you wondering about it? Because I'm in love with her. That's why. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that makes you laugh the most? Oh, probably Bratty. Probably Luke Braddon, to be honest. He's, nice. um, yeah, he's something else, mate. Oh, I grew up with him as well, and he's always had it. I think, like I was saying to you, if you could get him on a show, I'm off, mate. He would, whether he's whatever he's doing after football, but he needs to be aired live because he's just, he's a character, mate. Yeah, I know. We uh, we did the cook off last year with him, and like I said, I, I I don't know how much high I rate him as a cook, but as a guy, he's fantastic and he's funny and he's entertaining. And I think there's a lot of those guys in the A League which we're not 
you know, utilising to maximum capacity. So, uh, mate, look, definitely we'll, we'll work out if there's something we could do. Maybe I can get him a cooking segment, a regular cooking segment. <laughs> whatever, yeah, that's, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, it would just be great to just see him on live TV. <laughs> right, 350-game captain Alex Wilkinson. Yeah, he's, he's the king, mate. He's the king. I think I always looked at it as a far and I was always wondering, I wonder what kind of guy this guy's like. I think, I think to go in, you know, and you always say well, footballers will always complain about anything. You know, you go in, oh, the change of shit, or this shit is not good enough. Mate, that is not him to a T. He, he will never complain. He will do more gym than the young boys. He will run more than the young boys. He just, he does everything and he doesn't complain. He's not. I said on an interview probably a few weeks ago, having been to Korea and played there and mentally it's quite a tough environment just with the, the cultural change. And he was there for five five years, you know. Mm. And I asked him about it when I first got in. He was like, yeah, no, it was all right. <laughs> it's like, he's living in Jombuk, which was just a it's it's a metal company town. There's nothing around. He's like, yeah, it was okay. I had a good time. I was like, this, this guy is incredible, mate. Hey, when you, I think the best way to kind of describe who are the best players or the, the most liked is you're just asking, obviously, your peers and your teammates. And, mate, there's only one guy that I ever get regularly that gets as many people say they love playing with him and being around him and that, and that's David Ball, Golden Balls, right? So everyone, I think he must pay him because everyone says he's the funniest, he's the best at this, he's the best at that. And Wilco's the same. I always, everyone yeah. so highly of Wilco and I'm a big fan. I think he's a, a great guy and, and you know, he's a he's a great player. He's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's great everything, right? He's a yeah, yeah. He's a great golfer, great probably at snooker, great at everything. So he's a, he's a great guy and Mate, like I said, the, the, the duo of you two and throw in uh, Mr. Rodwell and uh, you guys have got a pretty awesome back three there. So yeah. if, uh, if we can start getting the, the uh, strike force firing, then uh, you know, the rest of the league, watch out. Absolutely. I think I said to my old man, I was saying to someone last week, it was probably, it's probably like a the, the MJ, Dennis Rodman kind of combo, you know. I'm probably definitely <laughs> definitely the Dennis, but yeah, he's he's like that, mate. He's, he's something else. Mate, remembering special occasions, i.e. birthdays, anniversaries. Now, being single, you probably don't have to remember too many anniversaries, but uh, maybe family's birthdays or, I don't know, something else. Are you good at that or are you rubbish? No, I, I have to keep a keep a, a notepad, man. I've got, I've got the diary. Not for, you know, people, some people have diaries to write, you know, notes and stuff. I just, for, for dates, otherwise I'm terrible. I have to write it down. Mate, he, he might have to do a uh, Oscar Zawada. He told me the other day he's got his uh, anniversary tattooed on his arm so he doesn't forget, right? Yeah, so, that's you might, got, yeah, we might be able to drastic measures like that. No, I do. I've got my family's birthday on the back of my arm. And the funniest thing is I've got them done there. I can't even look at them. I can't see them. And then when you put it in the mirror, you know, it flips it. So I can't. Yeah, it, I know. It, it plays in my head even more. <laughs> I, I'm guessing then if that's the case, Either it was bad planning, which speaking to you, I don't think is the case. I think maybe it's a good pickup line. You could say to a, a girl at the pub, oh, look, I can't. I think it's my mum's birthday soon. Could you just That's have a look at your shoulder and tell me yeah, what the date yeah. of it is? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mate, it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> what motivates you to work hard? Um, I just, To be honest, I just love competing. I, I'm not like, like you said to me at the start of the segment, Tactically in teams and stuff like that, I kind of my first full professional coach was Ange, which was just high, high, high in motivation. And yeah, he was tactically very good, but players will die on the pitch and players would finish the game on the floor because they just wanted to be so competitive and that they wanted to win all the time, just being that motivated. And I think 
I think that's probably more me is that I just I love competing. Come game day, I'm excited because I get to compete on the field with other players at that level. Even when we play like other games where you go up level and play, you know, the Liverpools that come across, that excites me a lot just to see how good they are. Um, the other stuff, I'm, I'm not, not that I'm not big on it, you have to know it, but that's probably the thing that I like the most about it. Mate, as likeable as you are, I'm getting the impression if you are in rehab or you're out injured, I'm not calling you. I'll call you anyway. Um, I'm never yeah. calling the grumpy bear when you're in uh, when you're in rehab. You would be unbearable. Oh, disaster! Yeah, I, I had a I had a missus probably for a long time, like six, seven years, and she said the same. She goes, "I just can't, <laughs> I can't deal with I can't deal with you." And like, even I'll come home after a session and I was yeah. rubbish, and I just go, "Just look, I need to go for a walk." <laughs> All right, mate. I know you're a busy man, but look, I, uh, I fingers crossed we don't get any injuries because, like I said, we love chatting with you, so we'd love to chat with you again when we get a chance. But, uh, mate, I wish you all the best with Sydney FC. Things are hopefully after the uh, the big blue victory are heading in the right direction, and we can add some more silverware to your trophy. I, I'd say, mate, there wouldn't be many there who have got more in the in the trophy cabinet than you, and you're probably overdue for another one. So, uh, fingers crossed with that. We hope, uh, like I said, the season pans out well and we hope that uh, if you are seen out after dark that uh, you stay in the shadows and you don't get seen by Steve Koreka. But, mate, I really <laughs> appreciate you coming on the Football Revolution and we'd love to check in with you again later in the year. There's an awesome thing. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It's now time for our finale, the clinical finish. So first up is our What the Foot. And uh, not only are you going to get uh, a special edition of this, it had to be me, despicable me. Apologies for my mistake last week. I wasn't doing it to stitch you, VIG. In the games coming up this week, I said, and while asking your thoughts on the result, glory versus raw. It should have been Newcastle Jets. So I apologise to the Novacastrians listeners as well as you, mate. I didn't do it to try and uh, stuff you up because you always get things so right that I thought if I gave you a bodgy game that doesn't exist, you won't get it right. But uh, it ended up in a draw anyway, so you wouldn't have got the right result if you'd picked a winner. But uh, yeah, for me, it had to be me. And uh, what the foot belongs squarely at yours truly. There you go. What the what the big foot? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't great, but uh, I, I occasionally get it wrong, and uh, I'm not too uh, proud to admit when I do get it wrong. And uh, I only owe it to the listeners because they're so loyal and they're so good to us that uh, when I do make a mistake, I'm going to call myself on it. So uh, I don't know if I'd be giving myself what the foot every week, but uh, definitely last week uh, saying that uh, two teams were playing and they weren't was pretty poor. Yeah, look, I think uh, the the glory and the, and the Jets saved you on that one because it was a tremendous game of football anyway. So um, it was uh, good to watch. I'm happy to take the what the foot, but I'm not taking the Pajero. Okay, so uh, moving on. Games to watch this week. The spicy Sydney derby on Saturday night featuring our guest. Uh, I'm sure he'll be where the action is. So James Donaghy, I'm not sure if there's any fireworks. I'm sure he'll be be right behind those. But uh, who, do you, who do you like? I know your heart says uh, Sky Blues, but uh, who do you like in that one? Yeah, look, it's a huge game. The Wanderers also obviously in, in great form, um, and they're they're hunting down City. I, I think they're arguably the second best uh, team in the league at the moment. So um, that they want to mark their you know mark their territory and stake their claim for you know a top two finish and and really put some pressure on on City as well. So um, it's going to be difficult. Ryan Grant's out for Sydney. Um, obviously, I think he's got a one week suspension for that red card. Uh, God, oh. It, it pains oh, mate, me to say this, but, but I, line here. I don't know. It pains me to say this, but I think the Wanderers might uh, might run away with it. All right, I'm not going to say anything because I'm wearing a red shirt. 
but we had James Donaghy on this week, so and I love him. So uh, I'm going to say nothing. I'm going to sit on the fence, and I'm going to let the uh, the trader here go and uh, pick uh, yeah, the Wanderers in the Sydney Derby. So uh, I, I, enough said from me. The much-improved glory at home to the deadly city and the unpredictable Jets welcome the victory. Have they found their mojo? Yeah, look, I think Glory City's a, a very interesting game for me. Um, Perth at home, undefeated there. Is, uh, do you know if Taggart's host, back? Is Taggart back? Uh, I think he's, he's back in the squad. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets some more game time and, um, you know, starts to find the back of the net again. So he, we saw what he could do with limited time, uh, scoring two goals. Um, so so hopefully he's he's fit enough to, to go from the start or at least uh, come on and make an impact in this one. So we only summarised we only summarised the the Glory Jets game uh, VIG. But uh, if you'd watched the game, it could have been five nil at half time to uh, the Jets. They missed a penalty with David Williams. I think there was two absolutely cracking saves from point blank from uh, Duncan in goals. So it, it could have easily have been it could have easily have been a, and it should have been a one 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 sided game because they dominated so much. So I'm with you, especially if they get Taggart back. The way that uh, you know Ruben Zakovic has got this team playing, they are dangerous. They are dangerous, but this is so a city, so they're it's going to be. No, they're it, deadly. It could, That's different. <laughs> it, could, it could it could be a shoot off in the west. It could be a, a high scoring game, a four three or something of, of that ilk. So looking forward to that one, and I think it's a ten thirty kickoff uh, eastern eastern time. So um, yeah, that that's a, a nice nightcap uh, to for your Saturday night, and um, the the Jets and victory uh, three pm on Sunday. Uh, interesting game as well. Obviously, the victory with a win last week that they need to, you know, get the train rolling and and get a couple wins back to back. So um, that that'll be an interesting one on on Sunday afternoon as well. Yeah, there's three other games besides those. But uh, quick update on our TFR fantasy. So uh, my round fifteen score was ninety six, taking my grand total to one thousand one hundred ninety two. And Vig, what was your round fifteen score? Yeah, I've, I've pipped you by one, so I got ninety-seven, taking my total to one thousand one hundred and sixty-four. So you're slowly chipping away. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly scared. chipping away. It was, I only got one one back on you, but um, yeah, slowly chipping away at that. Look, I made a few changes, and the two major ones for me was I brought in Zawada and I gave him the armband. He scored thirteen, giving me twenty-six as my captain, uh, and my usual captain Cummings uh, got me twenty-two points. Now it didn't work out for me. I should have probably left him as captain, as good as Zawada did, and then I would have got forty-four. But that's the way it goes. And Piscopo with his cracking goal got me seventeen. And the poor, last week's star, Matt Miller got me minus five, and Krayev and uh, Robert Mack only got two points between them. So uh, not great scoring there, but uh, look, a great battle between us, and uh, you picked me by one, but I've still got you by a little bit under 30. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I, I think I might have to ring a few changes this weekend. I've still got Clayton Lewis in there who, who's been out injured, so I, I was fortunate that Iran Kunda came in uh, and, and got the match winner for me. So... Um, yeah, a little bit of shuffling on on my behalf, but I'm um, looking forward to this weekend. Mate, if you've got Diagostino in your squad, keep him in there, Bring keep Yazbek in too. That's all the sorts of helping hands I need to make sure I get the job done because I'm not the king of on the ball. I'm not the king of uh, VIG stats, man. So this is the only thing that I have the title in, so I want to keep it. Do, do goals and assists in the Norwegian league count in, in this as well? Or? <laughs> Maybe we could, if we could or, somehow or the, get some the, sort of techie or, on board, we might be able to work out how that happens. Or, yeah, all the Scottish league. There's this, you know, enough Aussies playing over there that we can uh, maybe maybe count their uh, goals and assists. All right. If they missed any part of the show or they want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms: uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
um, also on FNR, Football Nation Radio, and uh, up on our YouTube channel, they can uh, see the video. Mate, plenty of places they can catch us, but uh, there's plenty of football to keep us entertained this week. Thanks to our guest, James Donaghy. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you, and we look forward to you joining us again next Tuesday. Until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. Have a great week. We'll catch you then.